Hello and welcome to the Tempence Arcade Podcast. My name is Victor Marland, aka Vertvic. And I'm Sean in your face, Holly, all the way from Blackburn Land. Yep. Uh how you doing, Sean? I understand understand from about a minute ago you were having a bit of a breakdown. Can you explain to listeners why you were and why I thought I might have been as well? I was just trying to get my, my mic so I could hear it in my earphones without the latency, without it like echoing, and then like I'm like I'm talking to myself, which I often am. Yeah, but you don't get that with a Mac. No, but it's like nine hundred quid for a pair of earbuds, so I'm not having it. Yeah, but you don't have to mess around. Oh, I have a breakdown. You have to pay for these qualities, Sean. You have to pay for them. Anyway, how are you? Never mind. Never mind all that. How are you? And how have you been doing in the past month? All right, thanks. All right, thanks, mate. How are you? Oh, not bad. Uh, work's getting a bit quiet. It's getting a bit worrying. Yeah. All that sort of stuff with, Ooh. you know, things going down at the moment. So, yeah, not too sure about that. Bit of worries. But uh, on the home front, not been doing a lot of arcade stuff lately. Oh, I've been playing loads of games. I've been doing... Really? I've been doing games for th- four. Four podcasts. Oh, you are hours. wanted. Who have you been wanted by? Hours. We're doing when we retro asylum, aren't we? We've been invited on that. Yes, I need to get onto those very soon. I'm doing one with Pixel Hunt. Ooh. Is it a NES game? Yeah. Oh, cool. Okay. And also, what's the other one? Maximum Power Up. Minimum Power Down? Minimum Power Down, which is mid-March. Okay, nice one. Well, I've not been playing many arcade games lately. Um, Been playing the one we're going to talk about this podcast episode a little bit. Uh, Not been in the garage for ages, which is really sad. Ooh. I had a week off as well, you know. I didn't even go to the garage to play once. Been too right. busy. It was, it was wife's birthday that week, so I had the whole week off when we were doing things with her. Just normal things that we can do at the moment around the house and not too far away. And it's been it was a really nice week off. I really enjoyed it. Uh, did lots of things around the house. Did lots of finishing off of these flipping joysticks I'm making for Vectrexes. And I'm going to put a hold on that for a while. I've got some new style ones to make. Um, but I'm going to sort of lay back a bit. I lay a bit off those because it's just consuming me. It is. There's so yeah, many to do, yeah. and you've got to wait for parts to come in, and people bother you because they want stuff doing, and you don't know when it's going to come in, and you've got loads of. Oh, in some of it's really enjoyable to do, but other stuff like you know messaging loads of people to get payments, and then getting the boxes together, and doing the postage, taking down the postage, it's so boring. With the actual making, I really enjoy. It's just the sort of the sort of admin parts of it which are very very dull and you know you get confused with how many bits you got to order and you realize you haven't ordered enough stuff and you've got to wait longer and you've got to wait for things to come to the uk because we can't get everything here and now with all the brexit stuff as well sending stuff is a little bit more difficult as well get and, pa yeah won't mind but you have to pay them that's a problem yeah what i need is one of those unpaid interns yeah well, i don't believe in those that's not fair so i wouldn't do that uh and not, I'm trying to think of some arcade stuff I've been doing. I've, I've been developing a little arcade joystick, right. um, which is one of my joystick, you know, thing, things with with a USB uh, zero delay in it. And I've got a prototype right here. Let me just show you it. Reach over. That's the prototype at the moment. It's not got a joystick in it. It's just got the buttons Ooh, and the overlay. Oh, Jalico, Jalico pony. It's a pony style one. Um, I'll tell you one thing. I did do it was sort of more arcade inspired. I made a twin stick for for someone in Italy. And 
I did it as a Robotron once. It was a twin stick Robotron. It turned out really nice. I'll put some pictures on the on the show notes for everyone to look at, but it turned out really nice and it works well as well. Oh, very nice. I'm not going to make any more of those because they're a pain in the backside to make. Two joysticks, two times everything. Ooh. But that worked really guess, well in the end. Guess what I've done, Vic? What have you done? I've got my Mouser Twin Galaxies world record finally verified. Just a minute. Let me just set it up. You know what I'm going to do? <laughs> I thought that was a but. Oh, yeah. So you're now official world record holder. Twin Galaxies, yeah. I've got another one in the back pocket. Oh, yeah. Because I've got I've beat that score by 100,000. But I think we said last time you can kill screen it, so I'm going to keep going. Try and kill screen it? Yeah, that'd be cool. I can do it, but not all in one game. I'm, yeah. I'm just... I'm, I'm bored with levels loops one to three because they're too slow now. Yeah. So I'm starting on levels four to five and at the oh start of level six. Start <laughs> of level six is when it all goes know, pear goes, shaped. Goes pear shaped, yeah. That has just reminded me. I had a bath last night. You know, I'm quite famous for having my lush baths and watching arcade and, and maker videos. I was watching, I was catching up with uh, Tony Temple's arcade blogger blog. There's a couple of entries on there I hadn't read about, and he obviously advertises his and his friends' podcasts on there now, the Ted Dabney Experience. But I was catching yep. up with that, and one of the things I noticed on there is uh, Tony put up the actual video of his world record, his four million plus on Missile Command. Oh, I didn't know he recorded that. Yeah, it's it's quite interesting to watch. Obviously, if you watch all of it, it's you know, it's just it's just Missile Command and a lot of it. But obviously, Tony's the best in the world at it. And that game yeah. hots up really, really quick, like ridiculously quick. And I was watching it, and I skipped through a bit of it, and I watched you know some of the parts, and you can sort of see how he's playing and stuff. And the idea with when you play it with like no extra bases is you 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 get bases killed off, you know, until there's one left. And what you try and do if you're really good, like Tony, is you leave the one in the middle. Yeah. So he's left one in the middle, and he's playing away, and like I think it's two hours fifty into it, he's got over four million points. And there's, there's a bit where it's getting really rapid and you, you hear him click the button. You hear it physically click, but it doesn't go off. It misfires. And that's when the thing, he misses something and it kills him. And he went, oh, no. And he, he realised when he did it, and you can actually hear it. And I rewound it and watched it again. You hear the click, but nothing fires. And that's what lost him uh, yeah. going any further in the game. So it wasn't I actually Tony's... To, yeah, it is. It wasn't actually Tony's fault. It was the machine played up. It was only that one click. It didn't. You can actually hear the micro switch go click, and nothing comes on the screen, and that's what kills him. It's obviously that fast and that accurate that killed him off. And because he only had that one city left, it's not really lives as such as one city. When the city gets blown up, you're knackered. Yeah. But yeah, he, re- he reckons he could have probably gone to the second kill screen because the kill screen on Missile Command doesn't actually stop the game. It doesn't reset. Everything just goes bonkers for two levels. You get like. I think it's like 256 times the bonus rather than six Scores, times. Yeah, yeah. So it's end up like 30 odd 40,000 point bonuses for everything you get. And then it calms down and go, and it actually goes back to the original first level speed. So it sort of resets yeah. its speeds and, 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 you know, difficulty and it carries on. But he could have gone again, he reckons and got to the second kill screen. But that would have been really smart to see that. But yeah, it was an interesting game. And then it, the game is just rapid it sort of yeah, makes... I've never seen the video. It'd be interesting to watch that. Yeah, I've not really played a lot of Miss Soccer. I, mean, I can sort of do one or two levels of it, but 
it, it gets hot after about level three, and it stays hot for for ages. And it, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's sort of a very. I think every every level takes about thirty seconds, but it's thirty seconds of mayhem. Then it's like five seconds of you know waiting for it to calm down, and then start again. But yeah, it's a bit too bit too rapid for my liking for me. But it's yeah, interesting really watching it. With it. I like the idea of the game, but I've just never really got into it. No, I don't think I can either. It's, it's one of those games, isn't it? I think if you, mm-hmm. but what reading about it in Tony's book and he explains sort of the tactics of it and watching him play it, I can understand how it works. But actually, getting your brain to move that quickly, or my brain especially to move that quickly, mm-hmm. I don't think I can quite deal with that. Yeah. Hard enough to put me socks on in the morning. Oh, I know that. Oh, socks. I've got some Adenda and Dorata. How dare you? Adenda and Dorata. Just a minute. That means <laughs> what? you are admitting to doing something wrong. I'm not, I'm not going to admit to it. Absolutely not. Yeah. yeah hold on. What have you done wrong? Michael Tillender's game, Twin Tiger Shark, is not an amalgam of three Toaplan games after all, but a homage to one game. Which is same, same, same. I think it says Sami, Sami, Sami. Which yeah. is Fire Shark. Yeah, Japanese for shark, Sami. Yeah. So shark, 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 shark. Lots, lots of sharks. I was playing that recently as well. Uh, I, I downloaded the the Windows version. It's on itch.io. I think I paid seven dollars yeah. for it. I played a little bit more than you should for it. Because, you know, those itch.io games, they give you sort of a minimum or you can just pay nothing. So I paid a little bit mm. more for it. It's a really good little game. It's very, very good. It really reminds me of those kind of um, biplane vertical shooters. I think you'd love it. Yeah, I think it is very close to the, the original, just a bit faster, I think. And a, but a the speed more works polished. really well on it. I, I was playing it the other night with a joystick, and it's good. Really good game. Mm. Guess what else have been doing, Vic? What? Watching The Mandalorian. Oh, you boring man. The Star Wars. I, I didn't like the second three Star Warses, whatever they were. I watched the first one. No, the third, it's the third lot, isn't it? It's the, it's the Force Wakes Up or Hello Force or something. Sure, and that, these are just words. Yeah, it didn't work. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. Really. So, I, I sort of went off Star Wars until Rogue, Rogue One was good. I like Rogue One. I don't know if I've even seen it. I can't remember. Is that the one the little... Ball bearing guy in it, BB-8. No, that's Force wakes up from a, a slumber. Oh, you can tell the, we're uh, Star Wars aficionados, can't you? But Rogue One was really good. It was a story of before some people getting the Death Star plans. If you want to blow up a Death Star, you need plans. Ah, I just thought of something. Yeah, I don't give a toss. <laughs> about Star Wars. Everyone said The Mandalorian is, is a good TV programme. I just can't be bothered with it. I, I can't I like be it. bothered. I've, I like been, I've been mainly mainlining lots of comedies, like American sitcoms and, and you know long series sitcom, uh, serials. Uh, the last one we just finished off is New Girl, which is quite funny. I watched the first two seasons of that, I think. Yeah, it's, it's good. Yeah, it's really it. good. Some it. great characters in that. And I've also just started watching something called Cloud Nine. Have you seen that? No, sorry, it's called Superstore. It's in a place called Cloud Nine. And no. it's by the, the originator and the writer of the American Office and Parks and Rec. So you will love it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Have a look at um, Superstore. It's good. Ooh, Matt, dude. We've got a... A link here for for a game on the Switch called Shoot One Up. Oh, and it's a bit not suitable for work. This. Oh, 
someone's I think I think I must have been tagged in it yeah and someone's put sometimes in life you find yourself in a situation where you need to battle a giant mechanical woman and a huge weaponized oh, breast this. yeah yeah I oh that's mad it's mad yeah I don't approve I don't no. approve it's still one of these nerdgasm things isn't it it's, mm, it's not yeah, it's not be. required I think the as far as I would go is the Proteus stuff you know sexy Proteus that's yeah, quite silly yeah. and a bit a bit tongue in cheek and a little bit risque, but it's still fun. But this is just a bit mm. nah, nah, nah. I know what I mean. Also, Pete Hahn on Twitter. Good old Pete Hahn. He did like a kind of a name six, name your six favourite games, tag six. Oh yeah. Tag six people. And so I did without thinking. Just without thinking. You just got a, without yeah. thinking. No. That thinking. doesn't happen often, does it? No. But 1942 Star Force, Volgus, Time Pilot, Galaxian, and Road Fighter. For Do you some know what? Reason, just Five of those yeah. you don't even need to think about because they're top stone cold classic games. I'm not too sure about Road Fighter. It's just a Twitch, a Twitch dodge game. That's all it is. Have That's we done the, that on the podcast? We have, and you slaughtered it. I thought I might. <laughs> well, I saw this and I went halfway. I did my six and then didn't bother tagging other six people because I couldn't be bothered. But my yeah. six, just off the top of my head Dig Dug, Scramble, Bosconian, Mr. Driller, Turtles, Berserk. 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 They were ones I played as a kid. Mr. Driller, obviously, that was came out in 2000, so I wasn't a kid then. But those other games were stone cold for my youth, and I still play them to this day quite regularly. Well. Pete Hahn said, Final Fantasy IV, Mortal oh. Kombat, 2011 version, Darius Gaiden, Black Tiger, and Ninja Gaiden. And Shinobi. Oh, and Shinobi. Shinobi. Ninja Gaiden, 2004 version. Pete, I always think of Pete as a true arcade guy, but he does play a lot of other console games as well. He's got, he's got a really yeah. sort of eclectic taste, doesn't he? Yeah, I think he likes his fighters and he likes his horizontal scrollers I think are his, his main things I think mm, yeah oh uh, our friend Hitesh one of our listeners he sent me a link and a video link to a thing it's a Donkey Kong hack for the Donkey Kong arcade game called yeah. Donkey Kong Twisted Jungle have you seen Ooh. it yet I've, I've been in a Twisted Jungle though yeah everyone's been in a Twisted Jungle at least once in their life yeah, I should put the link for the video up for people to watch on our show notes. It looks really good. It's basically a new level design for it, new graphics and stuff. And I think it, mm. it just works on MAME. I'm not sure if you can put a ROM set on your arcade board or not. I have no idea, but I haven't looked into it yet. But it's obviously playable on MAME, and it looks really good. Look at that. Yeah. Guess what I've been looking at into? Um, the Void? Oblivion? Yeah, apart, apart from that. Jamalooms. Ooh, hello. What, well, hold on a minute. Why have you, of all people, been looking in Jamalooms? Why? What are you doing? I'm trying to learn. I did a text say this last time. I'm trying to learn how to wire stuff up and that. And, yeah, it's taken you a month. And, you know, our, our power supplies work without blowing up. Okay. And how, if I, Explain, how far have you got so far? I've not actually done one. Oh, but okay. So if, you're still a month later thinking about it. Yeah, but I know the theory. Okay. <laughs> so if I Gu- guide did it us bit, through it, Sean. If I did it bit by bit, like from from the wire on the loom to actually like either the control panel what, what, or what, what, the what, slow, back up. Mm. When you do stuff to do with arcade machines, it's best to start at the wall. So yeah, plug you, it in. the plug in the wall goes to power supply. Mm, sort of. 
it can go to yeah. a filter first, can't it? And then fuses and all this sort of stuff. Then your power supplies yeah. and blah, blah, blah. Okay, so you've got that far. Yep. Then you get some custard. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> this, has gone, this has gone the holly way, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm learning about all the wires and the jammer loom. Yes. What each part of that... A jammer connector sorry what each part of that does like the top parts the power the middle parts like the rgb and the buttons yeah and the, and the bottom part is some more stuff like that can't remember i What's should have put that part? in your i should have put that in your quiz for this month actually you know what what is on pin 10 of a jammer only co- i'll tell you what's on pin 7 nothing nothing what's on pin 10 come on is it insert coin no sound sound what's on pin 13 Insert coin. No, I think it's red off the top of my head. 12, 13, and 14, I think, is red, green, and ground. And opposite side is... No, sorry, red, blue, blue and ground. Opposite side is green and sync. And then you go on to stuff like um, your buttons start at, I think, 15 or 16. You've got, you know, the coin and the start buttons. And you up, down, left, right, three jammer buttons. You've got two lots of grounds at the very end. When you do a lot of it, you sort of remember where they are. And I, I know most yeah. of them off by heart now, but I haven't wired a Jamaloon for a long time, actually. I did you know them off by heart. You don't really need to now. You can buy them, can't you? But... i tell you what, though. You say you can buy them. The ones that you find on eBay are really crappily built Chinese ones, and they're not very good quality half the time. What I normally do is just make my own ones. If someone says to me, oh, I need a loom or an extension loom or whatever, or you know, this cabin needs a new loom, I say to them, don't buy them. Do your own one. Get you some decent quality wire, and actually, you know, put decent solder on it. Enough solder, and the wire's thick enough. Because a lot of the Chinese ones, the you look at the wires, they look quite of good thickness. When you cut them and strip them back, the shielding, the plastic shielding, is really, really thick, and the wire inside is minuscule. It's really, really thin, and that's not too bad for your signals, like your joystick controls and all this sort of stuff. But your actual power wires, your plus five, your twelve, minus five, and your grounds want to be of a decent thickness. You got a 22 gauge for that. Now, this is where I get a little bit confused. I, I don't really know a lot about gauges, but I do know that thin wire is 28. So the higher up you go, the thinner it gets. Got lots of 28 gets, here, yeah. which is what you use for signals on the joysticks. And then the thicker stuff, like this 15s and 16s, is quite thick. Obviously, you want yeah, that because it's lower, doesn't it? Yeah, lower. And also, on a lot of the jammer looms, they used to standardized some of the colours so it was always black for ground red for 5 volts yellow for 12 volts and I think grey for minus 5 and that sort of stuff so yeah. you know you don't really need that but it was sort of a, a, a fairly standard thing for a long time yeah and I'm currently getting to the point where I understand it in theory I understand the theory of it now yeah you know like like the how you you know the wires go into the AC and the power supply, and the difference between a linear power supply and a switch mode, mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Like the plus five, minus five, plus twelve, and then you you common and all that. Like I'm, I understand the theory of it now. Yeah, when when you sort of get into it, I mean, no one ever taught me how to. I just read up about it on the internet and tried stuff out and you know looked at things. It's quite logical how it works, and yeah. also when you do make your own looms up. You don't need to connect anything you're not going to use. So if you were to do a one-player a one player machine, for instance, you don't need to wire any of the underside of, of the controls because the underside is where the second-player stuff goes. You don't need to wire it. And if you've only got one fire button, just wire up one fire button. If you haven't got yeah. a, a service button or a test button, don't bother wiring it up. You don't need to. 
So it does make your life a bit easier as well. It makes it a bit lighter on the old uh, the wires. It's very interesting, yeah. Mm. I, I, like I like it, I like it. And were you working in an arcade, it would come in handy, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's what I thought. Right, what's next? What's next? So I haven't really been playing that many arcade games as such for a while. What did I play last? Treasure Island, I think. I've not played any arcade. It's a real sad fact. I've not played any arcade machines for a while. I'm playing. Yeah, you know, we've played like I've played the featured game, and I'm playing mm. still playing Mouse. So it's not a chill out game now. I'll, I'll perhaps try and, and do like a a run, like a proper wolf name, and just keep recording it till I get a run from level one to level to kill stream, kill which stream, is a, yeah, which is in in between five hundred and twenty, I'd say, and five fifty if you're going for all the bonuses. What's the and, highest points you've got so far in, in a single and, run? And not points coming. Three hundred and thirty-six. You're not far off then, I reckon. Yeah, that's loop four, I think. Yeah, I suppose the the points doesn't really matter that much if you're just going for loops to try and kill screen it. Doesn't matter what mm. your points are, are they? Mm. Yeah, been playing lots of games with three podcasts that we've been doing. Yeah, uh, that, that we're what well, I've been sort of preparing for, and one of them, right? Ah, it's my fault. This is amazing. It's a an Atari. 800XL game. Yeah. And we're going to record a podcast and it's tomorrow, is it tomorrow night or Saturday night? Saturday night. We're, with Retro Asylum and we're talking about this game. Desmond's Dungeon. Yeah, and it's one of my picks. And it's amazing. It's... It's got you in it, basically, hasn't it? Yeah. It's a little bald little guy glasses. with glasses and he's, he's picking up treasures. you got to pick up... It's like a weird cross between Bagman and... Some sort of loopy, leapy platform game. You, you you go down levels, pick up bags, put the bags in in the treasure chest at the top. And there's spiders trying to get you, and there's also a plane going up and down spider, dropping bombs at you. Yeah, if you jump over a spider, you drop, you lose your treasure, you drop it, so you've got to go back. There's all little things like that, and there's another like bonus level where you where there's a grabber crane. <laughs> you got to chuck you got to chuck all the bags you've found up to the grabber. Yeah, it's a great little game. I found it's it on the Atari. Great game, yeah. Atari Eight Bits years and years ago, and I had the original of it. Um, obviously, got images of it now for the, the things I've got. But yeah, it's a great little game. I look forward to playing that tomorrow night, actually. But you know, uh, for research for the the podcast, I haven't played it for a little while. It's such a great little game. As far as I know, it only came out on the Atari as well. I don't think it came out on the Commodore sixty four. Yeah, I never had an Atari, so well, the Atari and the Commodore sixty four was sort of like almost like twin machines because in especially in america if a game came out on 64 it often came out on the atari as well whereas in the uk yeah, it was a spectrum amstrad and and commodore they have similar processors yeah 6502 yeah same one so i presume the games are reasonably easy to port from each other but the atari had a lot of very specialist um graphics modes and stuff like that so they're quite you know quite uh their own thing really with the commodore 64 had sprites and such yeah, so for the first time in ages, I haven't been playing just arcade games. I've been playing NES, SNES, N64 and PlayStation on the Raspberry Pi 4, all for, all for different podcasts, but it's been really good. I really enjoyed it. Arcade News. Well, the news, there's a little bit of news been going on lately. Um, the first one is this book I found. Um, it's called... Pac-Man, Birth of an Arcade. 
and it's a nice book and it got lots of stuff with it but it's 88 pounds plus postage nine quid postage that is quite oh. spendy for a book but there's lots of extras in it. it does look really really nice especially those people who are into that sort of thing it's yeah a it's money, quite a lot of money for a book yeah uh, ghosts and goblins resurrection is coming uh on the 25th of february i presume it's coming on the three main systems looks good a lot of people moaning about the graphical um style of it i love it i think it looks really really nice slightly updated but still cutesy and you know halloweeny spooky kind of thing looks really yeah. good nice game uh i was talking about itch.io earlier which is a website you can get lots of games from quite cheap games from indie developers and there's a few of them there and there's one there i'm going to buy it only works on windows that's why i was a bit reluctant to buy it but i think i'm gonna get it and then possibly make it work on my cab with um the front end I use, a trap mode. It's a game called Annalyn. Have you seen it? No. Annalyn. Like the two girl names. Um, it's $5. Um, it looks really good. It's kind of cross between Donkey Kong and like a scrolling game. It's it's really smart little game. I'll put some information on the website for people to, to look at, but I think I'll buy that. It's like a good one to play. It sort of re- reminded me of these kind of things where certain games, even from like yesterday and in the future and nowadays future the future especially for indie developers where they would look they wouldn't have looked out of place in an arcade in 1982 Mm. and i was looking at some of these games and there's another one there called raindrop and you've played raindrop haven't you it's a free game i was gonna then i forgot I've, i've looked at the videos of it it's really really simple basically you're a little cat paw your character's a cat paw. You go left and right, and there's a button to slow time down. And there's some raindrops falling from the sky, and you've got to avoid the raindrops. And it drops down, I think, diamonds or rainbows, I can't remember what it was. And you've got to pick them up to fill your quota up, and then you go to the right-hand side of the screen and go to the next level. And if a rain hits you, you're dead. You, you lose, that's it, your game's over. You've got one life. But it's a really good game that would have looked out of place with a spinner in the arcade. It's really simple, mm, yeah. but it's really, really good. The other one is obviously Twin Tiger Sharp, the PC version. Uh, it's definitely worth $7. Go and get it, everyone. And I think it will look good when it comes out on the arcade hardware. He's changed it a bit, hasn't he, I think? For... I think so, yeah. yeah. It's not going to yeah. be the same thing. It's going to be better in the arcade, I think. And there's another one there I haven't tried yet. I need to get it. It's uh, Phoenix Redux. It's um, Someone's redone Phoenix with extra levels, but I think it's only halfway finished. It's not actually done yet. There's no collision detection. You can play it anyway. You just can't get killed in it. But yeah, I was looking for some of those ones. And that itch.io is a really good site for looking at these simple games that we like for simpletons like ourselves. Yeah, it looks good. It does look good. Mm. Uh, other news is the Mr. Cade is going to be released very soon. It's an interface that you plug your Mr. FPGA system into, which I've got, and you just plug it straight into a jammer cap. It's that simple. I made my own mm. up. I used um, a JPack and some of the bits and an audio amp and all this sort of stuff. Made it myself. But this thing is basically drop the mister on it, plug it in. It works. Nice, but, isn't it? Very but good. To me, the mister is still all hype. I'm still not convinced by mister. <laughs> I've got it. Really? I got it just because I thought I would get one anyway, but I'm still not that enamoured with it. It, it still seems. They, everyone, not just the developers, but everyone who seems to have one and who likes it are going on about, oh, it's the most authentic thing, it's the closest thing to hardware. It still isn't perfect. 
you know, they might have the technicalities perfect, like, you know, the frame rates and all this sort of stuff and the, and the, the bit cycles. Are, but some of the games have still got errors in. And that one that always bugs me is Kung Fu Mass, which I play a lot and I know it quite well, is there's a graphical error at the end with the transparencies where you go up the stairs, you go through the score, where normally you go sort of kind of behind it or whatever. And that still yeah. isn't right. And they've they've known about it for a while and they still haven't fixed it, I presume because it's not an important bug. But there's yeah, lots of they, stuff they're on doing there. They're doing it core by core, aren't they? Where yeah. They, but... they, they have to do, not core by core, game by game. Mm. It, it, within that core. You know, they are... Uh, possibly, you know, technically very, very close to what the arcade hardware ran at. But to me, a main system, obviously it's not quite as good because it's, it's, it's emulating stuff, not rather simulating it, whatever they call it, emulating the hardware, it's software emulation. With MAME, you can still get the, the decent video from it, especially if you use the, the versions with an arcade cabinet, with an arcade monitor, like Groovy MAME. Yeah. And also you've got thousands of games to choose from. And they all work really well. They may not be exactly frame by frame perfect to an arcade machine, but when you want to play the games yourself at home and you want to play lots of them, you can. With a Mister, it's still quite limited. Yeah, so I would yeah. never use a Mister as my main arcade hardware. I would never would do that. I'm always going to use uh, main. And will they ever get that far? Probably not because they're not going to get hold of these rare boards to take them apart and you know get the cores exactly right. Yeah, I think I think it is a few. I think it will be. Oh, it's definitely it'll, it's definitely the future. The, it'll save like all these old boards that are eventually going to die and all these old chips that are going to get knackered and the, you know the custom chips, mm. not not like your standard fishing chips with like a bad card. The custom chips, custom chips, custom chips wrong. that you get from a posh chippy. They're, you won't be able to get them. Then all the chip shops will be closed down on that. That's true because they're selling custard rather than chips. Uh, yeah, why would they do that? It's stupid chippies. Anyway, yeah, it, it's like a preservation thing, I think, isn't it? Mm. And another one they've done that's not very good at the moment is, um, I'm not even sure if they can do it, actually, is they've done Space Invaders hardware, you know, 8080 processor. Yeah. And obviously the the sound on that was generated by TTL chips and the sound they've used on it is, is laughable. It's just hilarious. They should have used to use samples for now until they can get that hardware worked out if they can do it or if they can't do it, just use samples. You know, the FPGA uh, Millstar board I've got in my, my Qbert cabinet, the sound on that, because it's such unique sound chips that you can't get anymore and they can't really be emulated, they've just used samples on it apparently. But you would right. never know. You would never know. And it works absolutely perfect. Why didn't they just use samples for now and tell everyone, look, this bit isn't perfect, but it sounds much better than what we're doing at the minute, trying yeah, to generate. Yeah. And it just sounds awful. It's just, you know, you're playing Space Invaders, it's making these really weird noises like MAME use. And you're like, what is going on? Why are you doing that? Why don't you just use samples? It's fine. Bunkers so yeah, I'm, still, I'm still not... You know, Mister is, is absolutely brilliant because of what it does. It can do so much more than just arcade cores. It does. Um, you can do like like VFD games and, and old computers and really weird, bizarre things you never thought you'd do. And, and it does really well on console and computers. So yeah, it's really good for that. Like, a lot of people use it just for emulating Amiga because the 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 Amiga core on it is supposed to be really cool. But yeah, it's it's mm. not. I'm still not convinced. I haven't really used mine that much, and you know, there's 
it, it does update quite a lot though which is quite nice to see people still working on it and the cave games are coming on quite well on there as well yeah i think they're going to be really good i think the main thing that's going to be good about that is people can't afford two grand each for a pcb a cave pcb because that's mm. sort of what they're going for nowadays especially the, the more popular ones crazy money crazy oh i got on to i was talking to rich chunks in the other day about something or i can't remember what i asked him now on twitter and he also mentioned to me uh there is a pi 4 uh mame image now which runs modern versions of mame not the old cut down versions we had on the pi 3 so i'm going to get that very soon for the weekend and uh try that out because i'm looking forward to that because the pi 4 i've got i don't know if i've ever used it properly i think i turned it on just to see if it works and I was waiting for so long for the, the main version to come out and work on it. It wasn't working for a long time because it's obviously quite a bit different from the old Pi 3s. I've hardly touched it. So hopefully that'll give it a bit of a life now. Yeah, I've been doing playing loads of games on it for this. these shows I've been doing. Is this the Pi 4? Yeah, Pi 4, yeah. So the console emulation on that is quite good, but it's just main wasn't quite up to scratch yet, was it? it, it yeah, the main emulation's really good. It's just... Not when you're doing it in a cab, right? Not not the big Pi Two jammer thing. It's not working. Or I have to get on to Rich about it and see what he's he's done about it. Cause he's he's the man for our pie stuff, isn't he? Mm, yeah. Biscuits with you. Biscuits with you. I Biscuits Quick sidestep from the arcade stuff for not too long though. What biscuits you been eating lately, old son? You know we like a biscuit with our arcade games. <laughs> we tried a couple. Tried. What was that I've noise tried. you just made then? <laughs> your, your excited biscuit cry. Yeah. McVitie's digestive strawberry cheesecake. Ooh, hello. Very plain. And they're like just a, really? just a normal digestive, but with a bit of a very slight strawberry tang. Paint. They just like painted some, them with strawberries. Like someone had brushed a strawberry past your lips. Like a, a beautiful wench. A, a beautiful best. wrench. Yeah, you've like been a, getting too close to your toolbox again, Sean. Like a like a beautiful spanner. Yeah, brush some strawberry past sure. your lips. Not a proper fl- flip. You're a beautiful spanner. Thanks, mate. So are you. Also, chocolate brownie hobnobs. Oh, they sound these a bit better. Are, these are really good. They they do what they say on the notes. They're like chocolate, but like normal hobnobs, but with that that kind of chocolate brownie taste. So, Ooh. is these the really ones that are completely enrobed in chocolate? No, they, they just I, brought I, a biscuit out recently. I saw it on Twitter. Someone was saying about it, and I got quite excited. Instead of just putting chocolate on the top layer, they've cut it on the bottom layer as well. I've Completely enrobed in chocolate. That's how <laughs> biscuits should be. Yeah. And my little uh, addition to this, in Costco, which is my favourite big supermarket, they do a massive tower of Stroop waffles. Ooh, very nice. 40 Stroop waffles for a fiver. Wow. They're massive. They're massive as well. I told Mr. 20 to 5 about this, because he's a fan of a Stroop waffle. He's the one that put us onto them. And he hasn't yeah. got a Costco where he lives, so I might have to send him some. I haven't. Oh, I'm not sending you any. You can share his ones. That's, that's right. I'm all right with the chocolate brownie things. Yeah, absolutely. Recent pickups. The first one is a bit of a sore point. I, at my work, as a new manager, well, he's been there a while now, and I was talking to him the other day, and I said, oh, I'm going to go on the machine later on after work and just do some of these things. And he said, oh, well, we can't really have you doing that anymore. I went, what? 
And he said, oh, you know, you can't really have you on your own after hours and all this sort of stuff. I said, well, the boss is all right with this. He said, well, we can't really do that. I went, right, okay. So I thought, damn, I can't do my stuff anymore at work. That's going to, you know, I need, I need to do that because I do a lot of my stuff with CNC machines. So I thought about it. I thought, right, I'm going to have to sort of get away from being, you know, tied to work all the time. I'll buy myself a little CNC wood router because a little one is, is good enough to machine plastic and, you know, soft items. So yeah. I bought one off eBay. 300 and something quid. It's only a little tiny thing, but it's absolutely perfect for what I need. And it uses like almost like a sort of hand, you know, sort of DIY router, but it's a little bit smaller, hasn't got the handles on it, and it goes in a little sort of column on this thing and it moves around. And I bought it, and the guy I bought it from said, Oh, yeah, it's this and that, and I've done these things on it, it's fine, it's reasonably accurate to whatever. And I asked a few questions, and I bought it. Mm. And I got it. Got it delivered, and it came. And he said, oh, it's going to be in parts, because, you know, it's delivering stuff. So it came a little bit disassembled. I was looking at it, and I think, not one of these screws is tightened up. Not one. And I looked at the router, and it's absolutely brand new. There's not a speck of dust on it. And it's an American router, because it's an American machine. And I said to him, he said, oh, the router is is American, but I've got a step-down converter for it. And also, it needs a certain power supply, which I'll send with it. Okay. So, when it came, the step-down wasn't powerful enough to run a router, because a router works at quite high amps, because, you know, it's a power tool. Yeah. So, the step-down he, he sent me is for using for, like, you know, razors and, and maybe a computer power supply or something. It's like a... So, a, raisins? So, raisins? Raisins. You know, oh, electric right, raisins. Not electric raisins. You go straight through a raisin with a knife. Like yeah, exactly. A, a, a you don't need, knife don't need the router for it, do you? If you need any raisins chopping in our fit, just give us a I'll shout. Give a shout. I won't do them on a CNC machine. They'll be too accurate. <laughs> so I said to him, this doesn't look like it's been used. And he said, no, 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 I've used it. And I said, well, where's, where's the step down? This step down you can't use on it, and you weren't using on it because it won't work. There's no power supply for the actual Arduino, which runs the thing. You know, the power, su- the, the little PCB that runs it. It needs 24 volts. 24 volts for the motorboard, not the Arduino. Mm. For these um, these motors. And he then sent me a 12-volt one. I said, no, this is still wrong. And I don't believe he's ever used it. I think what he's done is he bought the thing and gone, I don't know what I'm doing here. I'll sell it again. I'll get out of the way. And it didn't have any fans with it. You need, you need a big fan to run off the 24-bot power supply to actually keep the thing cool. And when I actually got it working, I had to mess around with loads of settings, which should have been set already on the board, which is, like, kept in memory. So yeah. he's never had the thing working. And I've st- I haven't had time now to, to get on there and, and actually mess around with it. I've made a few moves with it, and I actually need to buy a proper step-down. You know you know the yellow boxes they have on building sites, which they run power tools on on a lower... AC, so it's safer. I need to buy one of those. It's that industrial. Right. I need to buy that. But he did give me the money back to buy that with. So he's sort of. I'm still going to keep it, but I haven't got it working just yet. But the idea is, I do my little boxes on it, and also maybe try and do some little console, handheld console um, cases with it as well, and do little things, little projects like that. But that's not happening just yet. I need to sort of get make it a bit victor proof you know beef it up a bit with some machinery maybe and stuff like that yeah and make yeah, some so. parts for it mm. i bought the new mario game on switch because i had to obviously that's uh, a new one is it this Super is Super mario, mario 3d, 3D world. world 3d world was actually on the wii u and i've got it 
and I only I didn't pay a lot of money for it when I got it because the Wii U's a bit old now, and I hardly played it, and I realised it's the same game. But on the Switch version, they've given a whole new other game with it, which is based on the same kind of game called Bowser's Fury, and it's a whole new game again using that sort of same engine. I think it uses the same engine as, as um, Odyssey, Mario Odyssey. And if right. you like the 3D Mario games, which I do, it's brilliant. It's really, really good. It's really cutesy, really clever, funny, and you can play up to four players at the same time. And with this one, you know in Mario, the original Super Mario World, Super Mario Brothers 3, you get like Tanuki suits and frog suits and stuff, and you, do, like, you can fly around and do different things. Yeah, yeah, I do remember that, yeah. Well, you can do that on this, and also you can turn into a cat on this one. And the cat can like climb up stuff with its claws. It's really funny. And there's a special mushroom you can get in it. When you kill, when you um, knock out the big baddies now and again, and it makes you massive, and you can just go around stomping on things for a little while. Mm, it's a lot big of fun. as the screen kind of thing. Almost, yeah. He's really massive. He gets really big. You can get big as a cat or Mario, and you just go around smashing everything. It's great. But the game's really clever. And when I was playing it with wife, we actually bought another controller, a proper. Um, wired pro controller to play with it so we play together and when you play together you can like grab hold of each other and throw each other around and do big, bigger jumps and stuff it's a really cool little game um it's it's a revamp of an older game but then because you get this with it i think it makes it worthwhile and it's gonna take ages to complete i think wife's nearly finished 3d world and then she's going to go on to bowser's fury but I've played a little bit of Bowser's Fury because you can play, you know, independent of each other, and I'm going mm. through the first game, so I'm quite far behind at the moment because I'm, I'm not a chance to play. But it's really nice; I do like it. It's one of those kind of modern games that I like. It's colourful fantasy world fun, which is what I like in modern games. I don't care for, you know, hyper real life war type. Depressing. Yeah, like the, the you know, dark, sort I, I of open be, world stuff. Yeah, I want it to be fun and silly, and that's what this is, and I really like it. I also bought uh, some other stuff on the Switch, actually. I bought a game called Him and Her, which is obviously like either a phone game or an old you know, Vita game or something that's been revamped. It was nine pence. It wasn't even ten pence. It was nine p. And it nine me, pence, okay, podcast. And it is kept it like me the, going the, for a couple of hours. Misses. What it is, is you're a little sort of male character and you've got a, like a world and you can do jumps and stuff and you can avoid things and you can spin the, the screen round so you can go around different things and there's your spouse, girlfriend, partner, whatever, somewhere and you just got to get to her. That's all you got to do. Him has to get to her. And that's the level done. And there's yeah. loads of like traps and sort of ways of doing things and you know, spiky things to hinder you. And it's one of those games where you haven't got any lives. You just keep playing. You get killed, you start again, keep killed, start again, next life. And it's just a fun little game. And for nine pence, I cannot complain. It's quite fun. And it kept me, even for that 9p, half an hour's play was, it, it, it had earned its money. It was great. So I played it for a couple of hours. I got to a stage now where I think, I don't want to play it anymore. It's too difficult now. But it was good. 9p, you can't go wrong, can you? Well, it, well that, sh- that 70s show called Mr. and Mrs., can you remember that? Mm. What, I do. It'd be good if it With was Derek like that. With Derek Beatty, he was the host. And some like the, the wife had to go into like a little cupboard or something. Yeah, the gas the, chamber. And then, the, and then the, the host asked the mister about something like about the wife. And yeah, what, what's, right. fa- what's your favourite topping on toast? <laughs> or something like that or, yeah. what's her favourite frock 
what's the best sock she likes to wear? Yeah. And then she'd come out and she'd have to guess it. That'd be great. That. Yeah. No, it wouldn't. I think they tried no. to revamp on that and it was terrible. So, no, 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 Sean. Oh, dear. Uh, yeah, so not really a lot been bought lately. Uh, uh, oh, so it has been done, actually. This was free. This is a little screen. It's a three and a half inch LCD screen. Look at that. Ooh. Now, I asked Mr. Chunks in if there was, if he knew of um, a three inch ish screen that works with an HDMI port. Because a lot of these little screens plug straight into a Raspberry Pi. They are HDMI, yeah. but they haven't got the, the proper port on them. And what I want to do is I want to make a portable version of this. What is that, Sean? This is a Nintendo NES Classic Mini. I couldn't see because you, uh, the, on Skype, the, the, the big phone off button is over the... It's, yeah, you know what I mean. But it is one of those mini NESs, and it works on HDMI. So I think that's the only output you can get out of it. So what I wanted was one want add an HDMI port on it, which I can plug this into. And what I'm going to do is make a handheld portable version of this with its own little screen and battery compartment. Nice. So Mr. Chunksin kindly said, oh, I've got one of those. I'm not used. I probably won't use it. Do you want it? I went, yes, please. And he sent me, it's a Q-Man 3.5-inch LCD display. So hopefully I'm going to get that into a case with that all that gubbins in it and some controls and a, and a, a battery to play on bus and gubbins. planes and stuff and all that lot. Yeah. So that'd be fun. Have you bought anything? Yeah. Really? What? Yeah. I woke up on... When was it? Monday, Sunday morning, thinking I may have purchased something last night. I can't quite remember. Oh, was because, it drunken purchase? Because I'd had a few IPAs, but Uh-oh. I thought, but it's good. But it's good. And then Postman come a couple of days later. Elephant turned up in the post. <laughs> it's, a, it's a canoe. Hey! <laughs> An elephant-shaped canoe. That was a Raspberry Pi Ooh. 400. Oh, I see. The full kit, full starter kit. My friend, Kay Savitz, of the Atari podcast, Fame, and uh, Eaten by a Guru podcast, he's got one of these, and he loves it. He says it's the nearest thing to one of those old-school computers, like a Commodore 64, or VIC-20, or an Atari, or a Spectrum, where the computer is the keyboard. Yeah, It's yeah. inside the keyboard, and you obviously plug a mouse into it, and you know everything's in it, so... The whole thing is there, it's in front of a TV. So, what's it like? It's great. There's a operating system you get with it called Rasp OS or yeah. Raspbian OS or something. That's good. That's probably if you had to, if you had no money and you had to work from home, you could get away with one of these and like one of the freeware spreadsheets like LibreOffice and all that. Like, yeah, you could. And the browsing's all right, and the YouTube's okay. I yeah. think it's a slightly overclocked Raspberry Four. Yeah. I think that's what it is but yeah i put the i played with that for a bit got the operating system all updated and then the uh, tronad's friend ash has has been working on a amiga image Ooh. so i downloaded that and inst- and put it in and it's like an amiga operating system from the early 90s like the, the curse oh, is yeah. the same workbench I, yeah it is a yeah it loads like a workbench a bit flashier hmm. and so i've got like 78 gig of Amiga games. Do you want a copy? No. I could do... i tell you what, I could I'd do... Rather, you... I'd rather get those 78 mags and, and flush them all down the toilet. I could. do. 
burn you a copy onto oh, it'll a, get burnt, all right. onto a disc onto, mm. and post it to you. Yeah, so you and don't I'll have to burn do it and then post you the ashes back. <laughs> oh, dear. But are you actually getting the Amiga to emulator to work now? Because I think Amiga emulators are quite difficult to get set up, aren't they? Because you need BIOSes and workbenches and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I did kind of get it's it going. It's not just a the case rest. of clicking on a game and it loads. I did kind of get it going in, going in the Raspberry Pi for standard using that that emulator, but you had to just mess with what version of Amiga it was. Yeah, because there's lots of different versions, weren't there, from the five hundred no, thousand up to like the four thousand. Yeah, and this has these files called WHD load files, and they load first like a container. Yeah, and they and they sort all the Amiga. Do you put your sandwiches in the container. They do your sandwiches, do a, yeah. do a mean ham and cheese. Yeah. Nice. And that that loads whatever game you want without you messing around with it. So that's that's the like mm. gimmick of it. Yeah. And then you can there's like save states and and like you can configure your joystick and all that jazz. Yeah. Mm. Jazz. Yeah, you can do some jazz. Do some jazz on there. Mm. Yeah, those Raspberry Pi computers look quite nice. If they did a black one as well, they do a, it's white and red, isn't it? Yeah, it's got a bit a bit of a Apple look on with it, really. Oh yeah, I suppose it would be, and a black one would be nice though as well. Yeah, the the mouse looks like the Apple mouse and stuff like that. Oh okay. Yeah, I got the forgot the full package. You got, I think it came with a mouse, a power a three amp power supply, yeah. a book, another a book. book. I might I might read another book. Mm. I've read Tony Temple's book. I've got the bug now. And what else? Micro SD cable. All you need to supply is a monitor, and it's you there. Mm. Does it? Can you run it off a, a CRT screen as well, like um, an AV, red, white, and yellow plugs, or is it HD? You maybe. Has it got the three so, and a half mil port out the back? You know the headphone port. Yes, it has. Because that is one of those special ones with the extra pin on it, oh, so yeah. you can put into yeah, a CRT. Yeah, you've got it's. it's... That give you the proper authentic look, wouldn't it? component out as well and it? it's something yeah. like that yeah mm, i don't, I don't mind but for these old games i don't mind dlcd especially if you've got a fast no, refresh no, monitor no no sean it's, it's good for a quick game sean no yes old games you play on crt we all know this it's the rules <laughs> it's my law when i become the supreme ruler that's what's going to be we're going to start making crts again we'll lcd should be thrown in a fire we'll have like Pires of LCD screens, chuck them in fire, and laptops will be eighteen kilos each because they'll have a CRT attached to them. <laughs> I've got I've got one <laughs> CRT, a little fourteen inch, which I I just run main video snaps through, which is very nice to put on at night mm. with a CRT look. Oh, cool! I've got my cab. That's CRT, isn't it? I should hope so too. Jeez. I saw someone on Twitter recently. I'll see if I can find it again. Who'd made? It might have been on Instagram actually. Who'd made a bar top, a really nice looking bar top, but they put a CRT in it. That's how it should be, kids. That's how it should be. Yeah. Doesn't matter People if it's care, two foot deep. It needs to have a CRT in it. If if you're like trying to, you know, like you're like forty five and you want to renew renew your youth, you want to renew it. So you, you you get you just get a little bar top and you're playing the games and that's good enough for them kind of people, isn't it? Yeah, but they still need to be educated. Mm. 
that that that'll be a time when CRT emulation on an LCD will be perfect. Not like, the guy, like, like the guy who did the roundy thing, the round screen in front of it. Oh yeah, with the, the lens. Yeah, mm. that's a good way of doing things. Listener feedback. Have we had any feedback? A little bit, not not hell of a lot. Mm. I don't think people like the game that much, so you know they tend to hold off on the feedback. Apart from, no, this game's pants. I don't like it. Meh. We always get we always get a lot of comments in in the uh, scores they people put the comments on, don't mm-hmm. they? First off, thanks for all the comments from people who enjoyed the last show. Much appreciated. Much, muchly. Finesse, finesse. Uh, Jason Park, Jason Barber, J. Ping said, Hi, I was thinking the other day about arcade slang we once used. Forgotten, but we almost used to use things like sheets for levels. Yep, I used and, to call them sheets. And the completed ship on Mooncrest was always called Big Bertha. Wonder what nicknames and slang we used around the country. I've... It's different per game. I, I tried to keep it... Sheets, like, levels, screens... Boards. Pages and boards, yeah. Uh, Motherships, which is normally, you know, the thing that flew across the top of Space Invaders is the mothership. The thing Stages. you mentioned in, ta- to, in uh, Mooncrest, there was a mothership. Yeah, you used to use all sorts of names like that. Mm. Just, I suppose kids have their own like, slang for everything, don't they? Yeah, yeah. I Waves do. was another one for levels. Oh, yeah. Waves. What about that? Mm. What next, Vic? What, what, what's the Battlements Stroke Drunk Gary game about? You had something to do with that, didn't you? Yeah, it was on UK VAC, it was. Someone was asking after the last podcast what was going on, what happened. Why did some someone mention it? Uh, uh, forgot. Oh, yeah, Shin, Shinra, Mr. Shinra Arcade. I think Battlements need, needs its own cab. And then he got talking about ju- Drunk Gary, do you ever have a link? I'm a, I did it in Flash, so the link is dead now, but I've, I've still got the original file. So I put put on the images, the, the photos we did of Gary stood next to the drunk Gary cab yeah. at NERG, NERG 2018. Yes. And a few photos from the game, or screen grabs, sorry. And then, yeah, just talking about Battlements, which I can play now on, on the Amiga emulator. Oh, that's why I don't have any knowledge of this. I don't, it's an Amiga game, and I don't want to have any knowledge of it ever. It was written in a one of these super basic programs that compiles it into machine code, you know. Okay. I think it's called Amos, something like that. Oh, Amiga Operators. Yeah, a friend of mine had that. It's, uh, yeah, it was similar to Shoot Up Construction Kit. I, had, like, I loved like, that. Yeah, it was like a thing for making your own games. Yeah, Quite yeah. clever. Good stuff. Uh, Daz from Arcade Perfect has spotted another you, Sean, uh, on guitar in an Australian rock band. You get everywhere. There's a lot of lookalikes. Of, of yeah, looky likeies. Sean, Sean Holly, looky likeies. Certainly is. And Bowers said, more great artwork, Sean. Thanks, mate. Was this from Radical, Radical Radio? Radio. I can't, I've forgotten about that game already. It was that bad. I've forgotten about it. It's, it's a bit forgetful, but yeah. it's, it's like me. I do forgetful. forget some of the games we've actually done, you know. Because you sort of think, oh, we should do that. You go, hold on a minute. I think we've done that. And you Google it, and you have. Oh, yeah, we did. Way back in whenever. It's, do you know what we need? Do you know what we need? What's that? A good spreadsheet. Get on it, Sean. I know a man who can do good spreadsheets. 
get a, get a good. I've I've done one actually. Uh, Jeremy Riley's been on. Uh, he says I've been playing a lot of Radical Radial instead of this month's game. Currently third on the sidekick and closing in on Sean's score. Ooh. Fairly unimpressed with Treasure Island. Really having trouble with the isometric controls. Did it using Qbert's? Did it use Qbert stick alignment? Yeah, I think it did. Uh, perhaps mm. just need to adjust my perception of reality. Or, Mr. Jeremy Riley, turn your joystick forty-five degrees. It's that simple. It's that in simple. Your I suppose if it's in a cabinet, you you're a bit knackered, aren't you? Because I was playing it with a um, fight stick, and I could just move it forty five degrees in front of me. But yeah, in a cab, you'd have, I'd have to play it on my um, on my Cubert cab, which has actually got the the four way joystick at forty five degrees to play Cubert, so I could do it on there. Mm-hmm. That that's just made me think actually, because this game wasn't. A dedicated machine, so they had to have different controls for it. We'll talk about that later, actually. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I thought of that. It's, I don't know how they've done it. Mm. Friendly shout outs. Right, this lad needs one of these. Who's this lad we're talking about? My son Luke for fixing our website. It had some kind of error. Administration error on the database. Yeah, when you went on the website, it came up with some database error, and I hadn't touched it, and you hadn't touched it. So something had corrupted somewhere up in the cloud, which is basically a supercomputer somewhere. Obviously, data gets corrupted now and again. Something went wrong. I didn't know what to do with it. I had an idea of how to do it, and I think that's what Luke actually, because I just Googled how to do it. I think Mm. Luke obviously knew off by heart because he's he's one of these IT networking developer now. Yeah, yeah, he's. Flipping clever lad, and uh, he knew what to do, and he fixed it in five minutes for it. So thank you very much, Luke. Very much. Uh, we were panicking he's, about he's, that a little bit. What do we want to do? Um, yeah, he, he didn't understand it. There's no reason for it to happen, but he blames yeah. WordPress because he's not a fan of WordPress. <laughs> well, he's more professional, isn't he? And obviously, you wouldn't use Word, WordPress if you're a pro, just no, for no. dumbasses like me. Uh, and obviously, chunks in for sending me this lovely screen, which I'm going to get onto over the weekend, hopefully, and put it inside something. Yeah. And big shout-out to Bobby Adod. Oh, Sean. Oh, yeah. I've got a quiz for you. What would you like the quiz to be about this month? I would like it to be about... Arcade-related. Stop. Oh, I knew you were going to do this. Queens. Arcade related. Vertical shoot 'em ups, nineteen seventy nine to two thousand and four. Well, you're in luck because this is all about Atari. Lovely. Not about what you wanted at all. So, Mister Sean Holly, you ready for your ten questions? No. Question one, Sean Holly. Yes. It's an easy one to start you off. Who were the founders of Atari? Nolan Bushnell. Yes. Ted Dabney. Ted Dabney. Correct. He's doing a podcast now, Ted Dabney. And what year was Atari founded? Ooh, 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 ooh. 1971. Incorrect. 1972. Oh, it was Ziggy, weren't it, at first? Question three. Oh, can we do that one again, Vic? What oh. colour are the pump buttons on an upright Dig Dug cabinet? Pump. Yeah. Oh! Oh! Uh, oh! 
white, white. Black. They're not white. Sean, I've got yeah. a Dig Dug cabinet. I know this. <laughs> Question four. What yes. are the primary colours on the side of a pole position upright cabinet? Orange. Black. And? White. Wrong, wrong, correct. Red, white and blue. Really? Stripes, yeah, blue, white and red, actually. Uh, Question five. Describe yeah. the gameplay of Atari's 1976 game, Outlaw. It's like Sheriff, isn't it? It's like Boot Hill. Absolutely not. Outlaw's not? Nope. Basically... You, on the screen, it's actually printed a sticker on the screen. It's sort of like um, a Wild West scene of a village or sort of whatever. And a little guy comes out, and when he draws his gun, you've got to grab a gun from the control panel, draw it, and shoot the guy on screen. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. So it's actually more of a, more of a sort of novelty game more than a, an arcade video game. But it is a video game, black and white. Very rare one, actually. I looked this one up. Uh, what, what was the game called before Boot Hill, then? What was that called? Gunfight. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Oh, I was supposed to get mixed up with it. They, yeah, that, that was their response to that game. Uh, question six. How many joysticks does Ultra Tank have? Ultra Tank. Ultra Tank. The tanks, but Ultra. It's a multiplayer game, isn't it? Maybe. Ultra Tank. I think eight... Four. Two points. Question seven. What unusual mechanism is attached to the joystick of Atari's 720 degrees? Mechanism? Yes. There's a mechanism attached to the joystick of Atari's 720 degrees. What is it? It's it's called a roundy thing. It's It's called a roundy roundy thing. Roundy thing. It's called a chain. It's got a bike chain inside it. Yeah, it's a roundy bike chain, though. Mm, you're still wrong. Okay. Question eight. What was the attraction of Puppy Pong by Atari? What was the attraction? Yes, to the game Puppy Pong. What was the thing you first saw about Puppy Pong? Oh, the kennel. Kennel. Yep, the, con- the, control- the cabinet was shaped like a dog kennel. And they did a, they did a Snoopy one as well, with Snoopy sat on top. Question nine. Name two Atari games that use handlebars for controls. And you get no points for doing one. Stunt Cycle. Oh, yes. Paperboy. Yes. I didn't think you'd get that. The other one you could have got is Radical Bikers, which is a later game by Atari. Well done. Uh, Last question. What colour are the character graphics on the upright version of Warlords, the character graphics on Warlords, the ones you control, what were they on an upright version of Warlords? You got four colours. What colour were they? Is it just one colour? Green. White is a black and white game. That was a trick question. Oh. Because it was done on a back glass, wasn't it? It was a reflective back glass on the upright version. Yeah. yeah. Whereas the cocktail four-player is a colour game. Ha-ha! I fooled you! <laughs> How many points to get there, Vic? 110. I will let the robot decide. <laughs> About four, I guess. Yeah, done well there. Done well, done well. For you, yes. Not that well.
three points, buffoon level. And here is a message from our sponsor. Magnavox presents Odyssey, the electronic game of the future. Odyssey easily attaches to any brand TV, black and white or color, to create a closed circuit electronic playground. Odyssey gives you all the exciting action of hockey and 11 other challenging play and learning games for the entire family. Odyssey, a new dimension for your television. Now at your Magnavox dealer. He's listed in the yellow pages. Feature game review. The game is called Treasure Island from Data East in 1981 on Deco Cassette Hardware. This was the 16th cassette made for this hardware. Deco Cassette Hardware consists of two 6502 CPUs running at one at 750 kilohertz, not even megahertz, and one running at 500 kilohertz, half a megahertz, and, a, and an i8x41, whatever that is, at 500 kilohertz. Very, very low-powered processors. And the sound was from two good old AY8910s. The game is a 240x240 res. Now, this game was suggested to me, so it's my pick, by Ol Mozezzi. So if it's terrible, it's his fault. I'm going to blame him. <laughs> because I am a coward. Uh, it uses the game uses a four-way joystick on a forty-five degree angle, like Cubert, and a single button to lob snowballs. Now, from Jeremy Riley's feedback earlier, this game was only released as a kit, as far as I know. And if uh, in Japan, where the Deco cassette was used, it would have been on a cocktail machine. So a lot of their generic games were done in cocktails. They're very popular in Japan. So I've never seen, apart from a Cuba cocktail, which is very, very rare, a cocktail cabinet with controls that work on angles, on the diagonals. So you would need a specialist joystick because you couldn't just mount a joystick in a cab and turn it because you wouldn't be able to screw it down unless they had screws in the back, I suppose, unless unless the arcade operators bodged it. You'd have to have a joystick specially made for the game. Maybe the, maybe the joystick came in with a kit, I don't know. Maybe it had a gate on it which went diagonal rather than four-way. Yeah, it might have done, it might have done. So this game might have been a bit of a pain for operators to, to put in a cab, because it's not a standard four eight-way joystick and a couple of buttons. This is maybe a bit difficult to do. Yeah, it did make me think when he said about that. And the game sounds just like this. This game is based upon fact, Sean. I know, I know, yeah. It says here in our in our notes, implausible backstory, but in actual fact, it was fact. It goes like this. Gentle Gary is an intrepid explorer. He particularly likes his pith helmet. As well as his fondness for jungle hats, he really likes climbing big, big hills and finding treasure chests and golden gravy boats. He also likes magic doors, but only when there aren't demons coming through them. He isn't keen on getting drowned by upcoming tidal nonsense either. His favourite thing is getting faced on top of the crazy hill in the Magic Nightclub. They play a lot of Chakadema suppliers in there and they sell Red Stripe Lager. What did they do, Chakadema suppliers? Mainly about tools. They lose control. They went all Vic Reeves then. I can only apologise, listeners. 
You use your slanted joystick to climb the mountain using the tracks in the ground. As you climb, you get a steady collection of points. Keep climbing as the tide is catching you up and you will lose one of your lives if it touches our Gary. You can enter warp doors and they transport you to a nearby other door. You cannot enter straight back into the door. It boards it up for you. Beware of demons coming out the door and morphing in from weird snowballs. You can lob your snowballs only downwards at the meanies. Rapid button presses throws out many short-range projectiles, whereas a single press will launch it downhill, taking out multiple enemies. Collect treasures on your ascent and get to the tiny castle at the top for bonus points. It's that simple. The points rack up yeah. constantly, two points at a time. So as you're, as you're moving around, it's two points at a time, so it's always going up. The lanterns you pick up are 300 to 600 points. The chests are 400 to 800. And the red round things, I don't know what they are, 500 to 1,000. The first baddies, uh, the monkey-looking things, uh, as they start off as eggs, they're eggs, apparently, 100. Right. Then the main version, 200. Then the angry version, 400. That sounded distinctly like a high-score dog. Apologies from Hiroki. The second baddies, which are the green slimies, 100, 400, 600 points. The third baddies, which are the demons, 100, 400, 800. And the fourth baddies, which are two-headed dragons, uh, 100, 600, 800 points. So... At the end of the level, if you hang around near the Magic Kingdom, the tide rapidly catches up. The points go really fast. But I'm not sure if it's worth as many as going straight into the goal. Because when you go in the goal, it's like 1,000, 1,500, 2,000 points. But if you let mm. the thing go right up to the tiles, right underneath you, the, the score is really going up rapidly, and you don't get any bonus when you go in there. You just get the points you've been getting. So I'm not sure if it's worthwhile doing that or not. But it does go mad at the end. Really? You, try and lock... you can get like 3,000, can't you? What, if we're going straight in there? I didn't I think notice. The most I got was like two thousand, I think. I think you maybe you can get three thousand if you're right at the top of the the thing. Oh, so you're catching the top of the screen rather than waiting for the bottom to catch up with you. Yeah, yeah, you get a that bonus makes sense, how, wouldn't it? Sort of how much of the screen is left up. If you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah, getting there quick because the thing is when you when you hang around at the top of the screen, you're making you know, you're staying away from the tide, but you're also you can get hit by baddies because they they come in quickly. You don't see them coming in. You haven't got much room to move. If they're doing that. Uh, meanies try and lock onto you. If they aren't near and track to get you, they can get stuck to your advantage. You can lob snowballs at them. Mm -hmm. uh, the tide pauses very slightly when you enter a magic door. So if you want it to slow down a bit, enter the magic doors. Uh, the graphics and sound are crude, especially compared to other games on Deco Cassette, like Root and Tootin', Burning Rubber, Lock and Chase, and Burger Time. They're all very good games on there. Well, apart from Burning Rubber, I hate that game. But it still looks pretty good. The music is tinny. Bump and jump. Bump and jump's ace. No, it's terrible. It's great music game. is tinny and not very good. The animations are jerky. Uh, I do like seeing Gary, our Gary, in his dinghy when you're waiting to press the start button. You're floating in a hot air balloon to start the level. They're quite nice, nice little animations. That. But the rest good of the game, Gary. not so good looking. Uh, cabinet art didn't really exist. Deco cassette games were housed in a generic wooden and also funky sided upright games and cocktail cabinets. Tied up with marquees, instruction badges, and control panel overlays for some games. And we're presuming controls as well for this game. Mm -hmm. uh, the snowballs, which the monsters come out, are apparently in monster eggs. Uh, and Deco Cassette predates any other multi-game by at least four years. Was there not one before it? Nope. Wasn't there some somebody found something before it? Not as far as I know. Um, Atari released uh, their System One, I think, in '84. Right, right. Wasn't there something to do with like electronics plugged into a potato? 
And then no, that, no, that, Sean, that's that's a cheese dream you had. Sorry about that. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Keep your cheese dreams to yourself, son. Um, there's a lot, quite a lot of people playing it, and virtually none of them liked it. <laughs> so Neil, twenty to five, he got quite stroppy about this. His top score, seven hundred fifty-two points. There is no treasure. This is no treasure and should be banished to an island. Utter pish. Next. Pish. Mr. Berserker, 1318. He didn't like that. Oh, Kitty Ping, 2140. One Punch Rob, 3296. Only managed a couple of games, but this looks very like Congo Bongo. Didn't really enjoy it enough to carry on. Do you know what? That's the only other game. There's the Cubert and Cubert's Cubes, this and Congo Bongo. Are the only games I know of that use a four way on a 45 degree angle. Yeah. Yeah, these ISO um, games. Mm. Uh Drumsy, three three seven two. Zestora, four five two eight. Exploding Pinball Man, ten thousand one hundred and sixty. GG Harris, ten four eight eight. It's a bit babber, isn't it, having to play on a keyboard because I have no four way joystick. Score ten four eight and done well. Need to get fingers going. Let's have some different games. Hey Ten P score. Check out Checkman. I've had a look at that. It's weird. And Monster Bash. Monster Bash is a very strange platformer. Checkman is like you're scrolling blocks. Yeah, it's not a bad little game. Is it all right? Yeah, it's okay. Mm. I I didn't know what was going on with it. Uh, J-Ping's got 10,820 points. And they say, it's not bad for a game from 1981. At least it tried to be different. I'm playing on an eight-way stick. I'm sure it'll be better with four-way. Had enough now. Looking forward to the next game. Retro Rust, 12308. Trevor Island. We missed a trick there. Oh, Trevor, Trevor, Trevor Island. Island. Not great, not terrible. Trevor Island. He sounds like <laughs> a disco DJ from 1987. He does, doesn't he? Pilbo, 14,480. Ed, Ed Horse, 16,140. At me, 19,850. I thought it was actually quite a good score, but not at all compared to what other people have been playing. Old man Steve. Do you know how old Steve is? He's so old, he beat me. He's 174. I don't know how he does it. I think it's a diet of arcade games mm. and pure love. Yeah. This game eats up your virtual 10 Ps, but I think I've topped it. I think I've topped out. I'm either flying around a mountain or stuck panicking in a corner, hamstrung by my eight-way eight-way fighting stick. Not a patch on Uncle Pooh. You're right. Not old many man, things but... are a patch on Uncle Pooh because that's a great no. game. No, uh, Mr. Sean, you got twenty-three thousand four hundred sixty-eight, and we'll hear your comments a little bit later. Yes, Bill Wellham. 25116. I tried, I really tried. I wanted to like it, but it is infuriating. It's it's a diagonal nightmare. I had a diagonal nightmare. I fell off the bed at an angle. Yeah. That's because mm-hmm. you've been eating those uh, angular cheeses again. Mm. I've told you, Sean. It's not it's not good. You know you go on about cheese delivery system. Yes. <laughs> My wife started saying that now. <laughs> she says I'm having a cheese delivery system. It could be anything that houses cheese which goes into your face. Yeah, like a sandwich or a biscuit or, yeah. (laughs) Mr. Messi, 28,332. Tried five versions of MAME to get this ROM working. Not a great game, but much nicer to play with a four-way restricted joystick. I tell you what, a friend of mine tried to play this game and it wasn't working on their MAME system. I think with this version and the new versions of MAME, you need a deco cassette BIOS in your ROMs. Yeah. I think it's something to do with that. We should have maybe told our listeners about that. The, the one, I, one I found out that worked was it was it said USA BIOS in brackets older, and that's the only one I could get work without graphical without getting the graphical 
glitches. Oh, okay. Oh, this is low for Mr. Charlie Farr. 28,392. First few plays. Quite strange, this one. Not really decided whether I like it yet. Then you mentioned Treasure Island, the world landfill formed in my mind. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, what's next? Who's next? Mark, what? No gravy. He's got no gravy. Want some gravy? Bisto's a nice gravy. Quick go. Quite enjoyed it, despite having to play in a browser with a keyboard. Oh, didn't think of browser play. Far too stressful to play for long periods. And you got 30,196 you failed to mention, Sean. Oh, sorry, yeah. Well done, well done, Mark. Oh, they, Sal Buglierizzi. And I'm guessing, before I'm even looking at his feedback, I'm guessing Sal likes this game. He Let's does. have a look, shall we? 30,264. I really, really like this one. <laughs> we knew he would. Even with an eight stick, I had fun with it. One of these days, I'm going to rig up a proper four-way stick. Any suggestions for that, by the way? And I did answer Sal on an email, but I'll answer for everyone else as well. If you've got a fight stick connected to your PC or your Mac or whatever computer you use to play arcade games on, and it's got like a Sanwa or a Samitsu Japanese-style stick in it, if you open the back of the thing up or the bottom of it, have a look inside, you'll probably find there's a there's an eight-way gate in there or a four-way gate, which you can actually turn 45 degrees to make it true four-way. Because normally hmm. it'd, be, it'd be a square shape. When you turn it 45 degrees, it's a diamond shape to make your four controls have a look inside it's probably got a little mechanism you, you sort of you grip it with your fingers and pull it up slightly and turn it and i said that to yeah. sal i bet he's already got one in there because i remember once i went to see ali retro hunter at his shop and he had a little arcade machine a little bar top and he wanted to put another joystick in it and i said can you just adjust it he went what do you mean and i opened it up and said look do this and he went i've had that a year i've never noticed you could do that i never knew you could do that and it took me a while before I knew about it as well, because I never thought you could do it. I thought you had to buy a whole new gate, but some of them are actually adjustable four to eight way. And that's what you need to do. How would you do it diagonal, though? Well, you can't. You'd actually turn the whole stick for if I But you could make yeah. a gate yourself, which has got um, the square, but the... I said the the, 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 flat, the flat sides of the square would have to be small so when you move the joystick up it doesn't actually hit the micro switch it only hits the micro switches in the corners yeah that's yeah. how the restrictors work so when you put it on four way and it's a, the, the, the the straight lines of the square are on an angle you can't actually hit the micro switch to, yeah, to make the two and this is the opposite down, way around you yeah. want to hit one and not the two uh cine steve thirty three thousand and forty four. ZX Michael getting some good scores now. 53,996. I've yeah. played this for quite a bit and I still don't know if I like it or not. <laughs> it did my head in at times, but for some reason I kept coming back to it. Yeah, it's got a bit of that to it. He is Jimmy. Who's Who now, is he? Jimmy is yeah. a proud owner of one of my Vectrex arcade sticks. Oh, yes. Uh, 65,732. Garish colour scheme, amateurish graphics, poor collision detection, even worse scrolling uninspired sound so why do i like it it makes no sense but i do maybe it's because one of the just handful of games i can play using my cubert pack panel and he sent me a picture of his pac-man machine which he made an extra panel for which to play cubert on so we can actually use that stick to play this game 
Mr. Rygar, Rygar, he's, he's been playing really well last year and he's playing good again this yeah. year by the look of it. 73-264. Treasure Island was an interesting choice of game. Bit clunky and not having a Cubert-style stick, but meant, meant it meant me having to stand round the corner of the cab to play it properly. <laughs> but okay, nevertheless, to be honest, this has been a regular... If this had been a regular run, I probably wouldn't have sunk any time to it. But having to wait half an hour oh, for the yeah. bleeping thing to load, you can throttle through it with F10. Yeah, F9 on my system. You press F9 mm. a couple of times to get it going a thousand percent. Yeah, but if he's got it on a proper cab, he might it might have struggled. Anyway, getting getting to make getting for that weight that meant it meant that rage quits weren't an option. Mm. I suppose it was a bit like arcade yoga. Poise and breathing were the key techniques. Got a good score, though. But our top of the line score person is Louis Wellham. This is our Bills uh, kid. 78,096. Louis managed to squeeze 70,000 out of that stupid Treasure Island. Don't know how. He obviously has way too much free time. Kids, eh? Well done, Louis. I don't know how old Louis is. How old's Louis? Is he 11, isn't he? Wow, he's such a good player. He's re- really good on the last game as well. So well so done, Louis. Doing really so well. In, in our high score league, he's got a 9 and a 10, so he's currently leading our high score league table in really? 2021. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so good. He's a Charlie Farron to make in that, lad. He is. Uh, the TI-99 4A computer got a version of this, believe it or not. Instead of travelling in diagonals on that game, uh, the trace is a horizontal and vertical. Probably making for a bit of a better game, actually, but it doesn't look quite as good. Uh, similar to the arcade version, actual graphics. Right. Now, we always try and come up with some changes and improvements on this. Um, for me, it'd be basically sort out the general jankiness of the game. Maybe flash the doors as a baddie exits rather than zero delay deaths, because that's the problem with this game we had. Or I had, anyway. Mm, yeah, when you're yeah. near a door sometimes, a baddie will just appear from behind you and you're dead. You can't hang around the doors because you just die. So, you know, a little a little sort of idea that something might be coming through the door and you can get out of the way would be nice, a bit more fair. Yeah, there was a lot of a lot of things like that. There was a... I struggled. I, was, I thought I was throwing the rock down either, like, uh, sort of southeast or northwest. Not northwest. Southeast or southwest. Yeah. Down, down the thing, and I was throwing it the wrong way. You've actually got to be facing the right way, so you've got to move the joystick yeah. a certain way. And on a diagonal joystick, it's not quite that intuitive to do that. So I see what you mean. And you can't throw them upwards either. But if you can sort of line the monsters up and get above them so they can't get you, it's quite easy to get them. I I got to certain points on level three. I could get to level three quite easily. And there's one bit where you you have to go through a little cave and then you come out above because there's a skull in, in your path. Yes. And you die if you go over it. So you have to go into a cave. And a lot of the times with the water coming up, you kept going in a cave and coming out lower. Oh, I see. And it would—I I don't know—it was just random chance that you'd get a—you come out at a cave above this skull. Is there not a way where you could make make yourself go upwards? So if you're going up and you you held a position, would it not move to that position? That seems a bit unfair, that. But yeah, I don't, yeah, that's the problem with this game. This... That one, there was another one. Oh right, I There's noticed one thing about this game which really, really is a no-no for me is you can die and then lose the rest of your other two lives within three seconds of playing the game again. You can die, die, die really quickly, game over. And if I did that in the arcade as a kid, there's no way my coins would ever go in that machine ever again because I used to hate that as a kid. If you sort of, you know, spent a bit of time and did something, you did something wrong, you died, 
and then you know you have another minute on it, and what, that's fair enough. But when you're dead, 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 no way I'm playing that ever again. I did, I did kind of get the hang of the controls with the. I just used a keyboard up, down, left, right. I got the hang of like thinking in diagonals. Oh, it's used yeah, like A Z K M or something. Just curses, just curses. Oh right, but, but on an angle. No, I just got used to using them. Like oh, up, you're down, weird, left, right. Sean. You're so weird. Up, up was north west down was southeast and like that and i'm doing the doing the this that that's what karate kid does that kind of the and the other the other the other angle you look like you're voguing on a ship <laughs> sort of an angle come on fellas let's get voguing let's get forward yeah there are lots of I annoying thought Madonna bits about it call for a second then yeah Stra- come on striker. fellas let's get voguing <laughs> strike, a pause. strike a pause get me a pint why not I'll have a sandwich is that a part of the song I don't know maybe I can't remember strike a pause I'll have a sandwich Ooh. yeah it's it's a bit janky isn't it like you said uh, the, uh, yeah it's just annoying in the end the level some of the level 3 bodies that bodies bodies baddies they dive bum you mm. like, yeah the, really, the, de- the demon really things fast. yeah really fast I didn't get that far so Enjoy. Annoy. Annoy. Why? Annoy. Point blank deaths. Yeah. Rock, rocks going the wrong way. Not not enough foging. Yeah, of course. And, and not going through a door above you when you were drowning. There might be something in that, you know, where you where you said you pointed the stick. I, I think I think I was pointing this. No, you point the stick. Naturally the direction you're going day. in there. Maybe when you're in there, you've got to move the stick to go another place. Because I've played games before when you're going through like secret doors or whatever, and you can actually control which way you're going. As you go in the door, you move mm-hmm. a direction, it will go to a certain one. Maybe it's something to do with that, I don't know. Could be, could be. But for me... Annoy. Annoy, because the fast deaths after losing a life can be quite depressing. Insta-deaths are also a no-no in any game. Yeah, uh, annoying as the concept of this game is excellent. I really like the idea of the game, even with the controls, but it's just poorly implemented. If they'd made the game a bit fairer and a bit smoother, and mm. not so you can get killed every two seconds and killed quickly and give you a bit of a chance, it would have been a much more enjoyable game. I think the idea of of climbing the mountain up a track and going through secret doors and be able to throw even even throwing the the rock or the snowball, or whatever it is, obviously naturally downhill because it's going to sort of you know cascade down the hill rather than you can't throw it uphill. I think that's actually quite a good game mechanic. It's a good fair idea because then you've yeah, got the monsters quite, below you idea. to kill them. But the game is just too janky, which is quite a, a poor thing really because the deco cassettes them. I know it's quite underpowered, but you've got you know lock and chase and and burning rubber as you spoke about earlier. And you know, Burger Time, time all really, yeah. really good playable games. You wouldn't realise they they got a rubbish processor because the games play so well. They've been programmed really well. Mm. This could have been the same kind of game, but it's just let down really by poor programming, maybe poor design. Yeah, I think the design wasn't great. To be honest, it's the, like you said, if they did a few a few things differently, it'd be good game, awesome. Because yeah. when, yeah, when I first saw it, I'll send it to me. And I first saw it and I watched the video and I thought. Well, this looks quite good, and it? I've seen this before. It's quite a unique little game. It seems quite good, but then when you played it, 
it's not very well done, which is which is unfortunate. So for me, annoy as well. Mm. Shame. Oh, here we go. Just seen your pick. Next show's game. Would you like to tell the listeners, Sean, what you'd like to play for next month? Yes, yes, this is good. This is mm. awesome. Capcom could do no wrong in the early 80s, I think. Oh, still, no, they were good. Still, they were very good. Still a good company now. So I'm going to pick, inspired by Pete Hahn's list. Of course. I thought, oh, Black Tiger. I haven't played that for ages. Let's have a look at it. So I'm going to play, we're going to play, kids, Black Tiger. Capcom 1987. ROM is B-L-K-T-I-G-E-R. B-L-K-T-I-G-E-R. Black tiger, I'm a tiger climbing up a hill, like a like a thing. Lives three. <laughs> yeah. Difficulty three. This is not the default on Mame. What's the default on Mame? Five. But, but the world record on Orcade and the world record on Twin Galaxies both owned, earned, whatever by Pete. Um, of course. Is three. So no. why don't we do three? We'll do three. No extra lives. No, uh, it's. I don't know. It didn't say on the dip switches. I think you might be able to get them. You must be able to get okay. them. I don't know. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this because I've played a little bit of Black Tiger before, but never for very, very long. Seems quite a yeah. nice game. It's quite difficult. Yeah. Yeah, like look at that. Uh, it's like Rygar, Rastan, that, that style of game, I think. Yeah, sort of a little platformer with RPG kind of guys with, you know, Monsters and serpents and snakes and blobs and wizards and all that sort of stuff. You're a big burly guy with a sword or whatever it is got he's got in his weapon. You can submit your score uh, on an email to me at vertvic at tenpencearcade.co.uk or on Twitter with the hashtag 10pscore, 10pscore. Uh, Facebook, as a comment on the podcast post. You can use the Sidekick app, which I thoroughly recommend. Uh, UKVAC, telepathy or... One of those postal things. Yeah, send yeah, me a letter with your post in it. With your score. Wow, a letter. I'm That'd not going to give you my address, I just hope for the best. It's Vertvik Hounslow. Yeah, put a stamp on it, it'll be fine. It'll get to me, I'm sure of it. <laughs> uh, the deadline for the score submissions is Tuesday the 16th of March, 5pm UK time, please. Yeah, yeah, it's, um, it's... You're only doing one a month, aren't we? I think, it, I think it's... I enjoy it better doing one a month. You get more time to play the game, more time to do some research in that. What do you think? I think so too. Um, I need to play more arcade games with Sean. I am I'm ashamed of myself lately because I had time off to do it and I haven't been doing it. So I need to get in that arcade and play some games. The last time I've played, when I usually go in there for any reason, and I haven't been in there for a while, is I always put on the Konami multi-machine, which is the little ISIS cabinet I got with... Uh, Phil Murray's Scramble Hardware kit in there with the multi-games on it. Yeah. And I play usually play a bit of uh, Rescue, a bit of Scramble, uh, especially now the Scramble's got the Konami version, the easier version on it, which is you know, it's a lot better for me. And I play a bit of... I played a bit of Amadar, actually. I'd love that game. wish I was better at Amadar. I do like Amadar. Mm, and I, like I usually sort of... I, go, I had a couple of games on that the other day, but that's about it. I need to get on there. I really want to perfect my game of Ghosts and Goblins as well, because Ghosts and Goblins is a hard game, but there's no reason why I can't learn it and be better at it. I want to kind of do mm. that. We'll probably do Ghosts and Goblins one day, because we've done, we've done Ghouls and Ghosts, haven't we? Yeah, I think... But Ghosts and Goblins is a good game as well, so we should do that one day. 
I think they're both. I think Ghosts and Goblins is supposed to be a little bit harder. I'm not sure. Really? Because I thought Ghouls yeah. was really difficult. You ruined it for me. I, I, Ghosts and Goblins I can get a little way into, but Ghouls I couldn't get anywhere. I really couldn't. Oh, this one's really tough. This Black Tiger's really tough. You've got to... Yes, I thought so. But there's... I think there's lots of little secrets and stuff to find in it, I think. Yeah, yeah. It seems quite a nice little game. Uh, any more to add, Sean, before we nip off? No, thanks for listening, kids. Yep, thank and you. And we'll catch catch you next time. And keep drinking IPA and and eating them custard creams and any other any other types of biscuits that you may find agreeable that doesn't give you bellyache if you have like a full packet of them. Because I know sometimes I have like a full packet of biscuits. And, and don't eat so much waffles because Sean has. And look what happened to him. Uh, yeah, sorry, kids. Thanks for listening. And if you want to blame anyone for the last game, it's old Moa Zezzy. Thanks for listening and <laughs> goodbye. Goodbye. You can download or play the podcast, read all the show notes, and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk. You can email me at vertvic at 10pencearcade.co.uk. You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at 10 and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you. For game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories, or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered. 